0: Welcome to mini episode 311 of Real Life Ghost Stories and I have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 11th of October 2023 and story number one comes from Anonymous. I lost my dad suddenly approximately three weeks after my 20th birthday. He passed away very suddenly in our family home on the dining room floor. Growing up I had always been daddy's girl and spent my free time, even as a bratty teenage girl, helping him work on cars in the garage and riding bikes with him after school. If my heart was ever broken by a boy, he would always come into my room and sit on my bed and rub my back while I cried. He was a very tough, manly man who wasn't good at talking about feelings, but just him being there with me meant a lot. And then we would spend the whole week driving around after school just being together. He never said that we were spending special time together because my heart was broken, but I always knew. Those heartbreaks brought some of my most treasured memories with my dad. And this becomes important later in the story. After my dad passed away, some family members reported seeing him around. For example, my grandma, his mom, said that she saw him in her bedroom. And my aunt said that he was in her hospital room right before she went into surgery for her heart transplant. Other family members had their own stories too. I didn't think much of it because there are some crazy people in my family who love attention and who have used my dad's death as a way to get attention for themselves. However, I went home for a weekend to visit my mom and my sister, neither of whom are crazy, and they were talking about some weird experiences they had had. My mom talked about a dream that she had that felt very real. She said that when she woke up, she could feel my dad leaving her body, whatever that means. My sister talked about how she had been required to take a CPR class for her job, and how it was really difficult for her. Though my sister and I had been away at college when my dad passed away, my mom told us about the EMTs giving him CPR in such graphic detail that I can picture it so clearly in my mind. It is such a clear picture that I feel like I was there too. So my sister was really emotionally struggling during her CPR class and felt a hand on her shoulder, who she thought must be my dad. I had taken a CPR class before her and also had a very hard time during the class. It was almost like I was experiencing flashbacks of an event that I had not personally witnessed, and it was very overwhelming. However, I did not feel a hand on my shoulder So I was jealous that she had felt like she had some sort of experience with my dad and I hadn't. I was jealous of all my family members who said that they had some kind of experience with him. I was supposed to be his girl. I left my mom's house that weekend and drove back to my town feeling mad at my dead dad. I went on with my week as normal. I went to see a client at a school on that Wednesday. When I got into the school's office, there was a secretary there who was crying and talking about how she kept finding dimes everywhere. And that was supposed to be a sign that someone who had passed on is trying to communicate with you. I got home from work that evening and sat on my couch and talked out loud to my dad. I remember saying, A dime? Dad? That's so simple. If you're showing yourself to everyone but me, that's not cool. I miss you just as much as they do. The next morning, I went to get my oil changed. After the appointment, as I drove away, I looked in my cup holder and saw a dollar bill. I never carry cash, and I immediately thought of my dad, and that weird, dramatic conversation I had with him about the dimes on my couch the night before. However, logic took over, and I thought that maybe the mechanic put it in there to be funny, since there were parts of my car that were literally duct-taped together. I had a long work day that day, and came home that evening, As I opened the door to my apartment, sitting in my entrance, was another dollar bill. So I obviously started sobbing and talking out loud to my dad again. The next morning, Friday, I got up for work again. I reached into my back pocket and inside the back pocket was a sticker that said, Miss you. Like what the hell kind of sticker is that? So then I drove to pick up one of my clients. The client, a teenage girl, claimed to be able to see and hear spirits, but was also a bit eccentric and wanted everyone to notice how different she was. I was not sure whether I believed that she could see and hear spirits, but as a mental health provider, of course I would never tell a client that I doubted what they were saying. My car would randomly die at stoplights and intersections. This happened approximately one time per month, However, I picked up this particular client two times per week and every time she was in my car, it died. So one time per month plus the two times per week I was with this particular client. Randomly, as I am driving down the highway, my client looked at me and said, I don't mean to freak you out, but was your dad some sort of mechanic? And I said that he was. And then she said, Is that tattoo in your collarbone for him? And I said yes. I told my client that she did not need to talk about any of this because I was there for her, not the other way around, but she kept going. She went on and on with more details about how he always wore a hat, and how he had a beer belly and how he looked like a hillbilly. About how he died, and about how he had been trying to show me that he was around, but I just always missed it. The client could catch glimpses of my dad from the corner of her eye but my dad was apparently telling her important details. Fast forward about a year from then, and I'm going through a terrible divorce. I'm living in a house with a person I found on Craigslist and sleeping on a hardwood floor in the middle of winter with no heat in my room. I remember I was in the shower one day, crying about how my heart was broken, and I was talking out loud about how I wished my dad was there to rub my back and take me on drives. I got out of the shower, went to my room, opened my closet door and there was a dollar bill just sitting on the floor in there. I guess sending dimes wasn't enough for daddy's girl, he had to send dollar bills. Ironic because we were dirt poor for my entire life. Thank you for taking the time to read my story. I hope this makes sense. There are just so many details that make sense when I say them in my head but I'm not sure they make sense as I type them. Just FYI, it's been years since my divorce. I have a bed now and I don't have to sleep on hardwood floors anymore. But I will always wish my dad was here to rub my back. Ooh, That was a very, very, very beautiful story and very moving. I got very emotional midway through. I had to have a little pause to compose myself. I'm really sorry that you lost your dad and I can totally understand how you sort of ended up with almost, I don't want to say secondary PTSD because that makes it sound like I'm I'm like delegitimizing your experience and being like oh it wasn't as bad as other people's but when you hear something in detail about something awful that has happened to somebody that you loved like you are experiencing those memories just in a different way and I just really oh I really really sympathized and empathized with your sister and you in that situation and having to then have CPR training and have all that in your brain just awful and I do sometimes think about people who come back and, you know, people when they come back and to, to give you a sign that they're OK, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Sometimes people message me or sometimes people email me and they say, well, I've never gotten a sign. And it's really upsetting that I've never gotten a sign. And I do wonder if maybe some comfort can be taken from this. Maybe you're just missing it. You know what I mean? Maybe the sign is there and you're just not seeing it in that moment, but that you will see it eventually, I love that your dad came back and had to be a bit more bougie with dollar bills as his sign. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. Also, I know that you're obviously a mental health worker, and you know it sounds like you did all of the right things in this conversation when your client's in the car. But I would it would have taken everything in my power not to fucking hit the eject button and get her out of the front seat of that car because I'd be like, stop talking to me about dead people while I'm driving. Stop. Okay. No. You are a much greater person than I. I'm also glad, Anonymous, that you now have a bed. And I really hope that you still, in some way, feel your dad's presence. Or at least just know that he's looking out for you. And story number two comes from Daniel. The story that I'm going to tell you is one that might sound out there. And I would also say that it is not something many people have encountered to the extent that this event happened. It is 100% true. This event happened at the beginning of 2007 in the town of Lake Halley, Wisconsin. I will not give the house location as it would be very easy to find and there are other people living there now. I was 15 and I was hanging out with my friend Matt at his house. It was a few weeks after the Christmas holiday and I had a gift card for Walmart and he only lived a few miles away so we decided to walk there. I can tell you that you do not get more Wisconsin than walking in January with shorts. When we got there we decided to go to the toy section. Matt was big into wrestling action figure collecting and we were just back there looking when I noticed the Ouija board. I knew nothing about it and I honestly decided to buy it because it glowed in the dark and sounded like something that I really did not believe in but decided to try. When we got back to his place we set the box down and pulled out a fold-up table inside his room. I remember opening the box and laughing because there was only a board and a planchette and four little plastic things to put on the bottom of the planchette. I looked at Matt and told him that this was dumb but we would try it anyway. I would like to clarify that we did not drink or smoke anything funny before this. We set up the board, and I remember that Matt was sitting right across the table from me on his fold up table. We did not know how to work the board. So I told Matt, I think we just set it in the middle. And then we asked it without putting our hands on the planchette, Is somebody there? I remember just sitting there with Matt for a few minutes, and then he stood up and said, This is dumb. I'm going to use the bathroom. I was just sitting and I could not believe what I saw next. The piece started to move. No one was touching it. It was not a strong move, but it was definitely moving. Matt came in the room and I started telling him with shock what had just happened. So Matt sat down and I remember that we asked it again something else. What that was, I do not remember, but it started to move and then just stopped. We were shocked but excited. We had no idea what was going on. I finally decided that we need to put our hands on it to get a better response. We started asking all sorts of questions like are we going to have girlfriends and who is a good wrestler and just things that really did not matter. As we went on, things started to get strange. It first started with the is God real question. The piece quickly went to no. No. And then we asked it was it human and it went to no. Then we asked what its name was and it went to goodbye. This is where things become creepy. We decided that whatever this thing was it was not going to tell us goodbye. And we asked its name again. And the table folded up where the board was sitting. I was freaking out but we were also getting a rush out of this. And then we put it back together and I remember that by this point Matt and I had said some things that I cannot mention and the piece was sitting on the centre of the board and it turned and shot right at Matt. I know this is already crazy but we were really trying to act tough. The next part of this gets scary. Matt and I put it back together a third time and for whatever reason we decided to turn the lights off. Matt decided to go on a rant, calling this entity by every name in the book. And then he got knocked out and things started flying off the wall. I ran into his closet and I could hear metal darts hitting the door and I just remember praying like I had never prayed before. Then everything stopped. I ran out and checked on Matt and he woke up and I was freaking out. But we calmed down and put the board away and decided to go to bed. I remember that we decided to sleep with the lights on. I was sleeping on his mattress and he was laying with his head towards my feet. He had a pair of black Michael Vick tennis shoes over to the side of his head. I was sitting up on the wall staring at these shoes when one of the shoes turned and flew and hit the wall next to me. I started screaming and yelling. I remember getting on my cell phone and calling my grandma to ask her to pick me up. But she didn't believe me, plus it was 2.30am. Matt's parents came rushing in, but they didn't believe me either. So guess what? I was stuck sleeping in this room. It was so scary, and I remember hearing something walk around in that room until I fell asleep at 6am. And that house was not the same afterwards. It's been a while since we've had a Ouija board story, for sure. And it definitely sounds absolutely terrifying what you and your friend went through. Like... Things flying around the room, Matt getting knocked out, you know, darts flying around, the shoe flying at the wall later, and the house never being the same afterwards. I wouldn't be the same afterwards. And even if you don't believe in the Ouija board, as in it exists, we all know it physically exists, but in its powers, if you go into a Ouija board with the intention of communicating with something, does that then open a door? open a gateway and allow for maybe something that was residing in the house already the chance to come through? Like did it never leave again? I am dying to know if Matt and his family experienced things after that particular night in question. Is it simply a case of belief? If you believe in the things that are happening on the Ouija board in front of you, does that create enough energy to allow something else to happen? Is it like with poltergeist activity that Seems to feed off this like frenzied excitement and energy that teenagers have. Honestly, like this, if I had experienced this, it would completely change my perspective on life. I don't, I don't know how you go forward after experiencing that. Do you know what I mean? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Anonymous and Daniel for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the eleventh of October, twenty twenty-three. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra spooky content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.